0: if you don't read the newspaper you're
1: uninformed
0: if you do read it you're misinformed Hmm. Mm, uh that's a great question (laughs) what is
1: the long-term effect of too much information
2: to our cynics podcast here again with mac
0: this is
1: mac so let's talk about mac um attack. mac attack
2: Mac <laughs> Attack. where are we yeah where are we going
1: well, well let's talk about what we talked about last just like a re- quick recap what was episode um eight that was like we, we a talked a about recap. china,
0: china. How, it was just our relationship we were we, kind of shooting the how shit how we yeah met a
2: little Background info and then just stories. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's start
0: with uh, well, let's start with uh, um, DMT then. Oh, okay, keep it in. light, huh? Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, let's talk about um, what you were talking about with the uh, what were we talking about in the Korean barbecue place? Uh, just uh, let's talk
0: about like what's your first what was your first trip like on hallucinogenic? So yep, the only ones that I've actually done has been shrooms. Um, I haven't done anything more extreme than that, <clears throat> um. And yeah, the first, to- the very first time I did it, actually, I had a buddy. Uh, he just got out of the navy, and he he was reveling in his freedom. He he became a pothead for a bit. But this guy, he's he's like kind of autistic, so, <laughs> <laughs> like so
1: kind like he kind of like he's diagnosed or no no he, he kind of just acts a he, little well, bit. Well, he he just act,
0: like he just acts in a very like methodical way, so he can't just be like okay, I'm in the navy. I'm out of the navy, so I'm gonna buy a bunch of pot, new pot. Like he researched strains and he like analyzed which pipe works the best and which bong, and he experimented. So he was very he, he goes OCD. Yeah, he goes all in on things, right? And so he 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 like measures what is the optimal amount of weed for for maximum high and all this stuff. So he gets some shrooms and he's like, let's do them. And we took them, and what I think happened is we didn't have enough. Because we did them, and we felt kind of funny. Things were just kind of funny, but nothing really noticeable happened, right? Uh, We cleared a day, and we did them at his house, and that was pretty much it. We walked around a bit, but it never manifested into anything serious. So that was the first time I did shrooms. The second time I did shrooms, uh, another buddy, and he had a full dose each. Um, And this is when I came up with the theory of the best way to do shrooms is in is in cup or the bowl of the instant noodles, right? You just throw it in with the other dry vegetables, uh, cook it with uh, in the microwave or in the hot water, however you do it. Uh, hot water is probably better. Microwave, you get all zombie shrooms or something. <laughs> but, uh, but you cook it in the hot water, let it steam for a bit, and then the broth is full of shroom juice, and the shrooms are like they've already started digesting or whatever, and then you eat those real quick, and then you chug a thing of orange juice, just uh, as close to organic as you can, and then uh, yeah, within like twenty minutes, twenty to thirty minutes, you're you're pretty good trip. And uh, the first time we did it, this guy he like he's one of those guys he likes to have activities. This is a different guy than the first guy, but so he had a movie. Um, I believe the name of this movie was uh, Baraka, and it is not the Mortal Kombat character. Oh, uh, I, th- I think I know this. It's, it's is re- it one with four arms? No, 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 no. Baraka had the spikes in his hands, but the movie—that's movie, how so you know I haven't played this game. The, the movie itself was—it's like this photo or this uh, video. Just, it's artistic. It's like just the earth, so it's like nature and people and cities and jungles, and it's just like these beautiful shots with nice, peaceful music and stuff. And um, it was it was really cool. Um, because well. Real funny story how it started. Um, we we took the shrooms and we expected them to kick in between 40 minutes to an hour, right? Oh, wow. That's how long it takes? Well, because if you just eat them normally, they have to like, break down in your stomach <laughs> and then start heading towards your brain. But the something about boiling them first with the noodles, it, it makes them get there quicker. So we didn't expect it. We didn't know what to expect. So he... Uh, he He's like, well, why don't we play video games while we're waiting for it to kick in? And I was like, okay, that sounds cool. So we, uh, he starts playing like Dynasty Warriors, right? <laughs> yeah. And so we're playing and like setting up our character. And you know, this is a long process. So it took about 20 minutes. And I remember in the process, I was like, man, I, I feel kind of funny. <laughs> and then he's like, I look at him and he kind of looks at me. And I'm like, you think? He's like, no, no, it's just in our head. I was like, yeah, probably. And I'm, we're doing it, doing it. And then I'm really feeling it kind of strong. And I'm just like, ah, oh, man. I feel weird, and then like you know the game starts and you're just on a battlefield with like a billion people, ah, right? So this pops on the screen. Ah, I was go oh, throw the controller down. And I'm like, okay, I can't. <laughs> I was just like, nope, no, I can't. And he's laughing. He's like, yeah, I feel you. And uh, then we we confirmed like, okay, yeah, we're, we're tripping. So uh, he uh, that's when he put the movie on Baraka, and it starts real like these beautiful like aerial shots of like the jungle and the, the plains, and then cities and different cultures and all this stuff. Really, really nice movie to start for a first room experience. Cause you just get lost in it. And so it's crazy shit's happening. You're just watching like, Oh man, what the fuck? Um, and then after that we watched another movie that I don't remember the name of. Um, but by then we were right still kind of in the peak, um, and then it started to come down and we just started kind of talking, um, shooting the shit, smoked a little weed and then eventually slept, but it, it was a really pleasant experience. Second time I took them was, uh, similar to that. It was at my house. Just kind of me and myself. Just took them with noodles, drank the orange juice. Netflix has these, uh, by yourself. This is by myself. Yeah. Oh, Netflix has these. Is that a
1: bad thing to do if by yourself or that's kind of just a myth that if you it do-
0: depends. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to do my first time by myself just because it's it's nervous. You know, that nervousness can seep into the experience, I think. But for for this, by now, I was pretty sure. And so I had movies on Netflix. It's called, like, a Video uh, video Portraits or something like that on Netflix. And they'll pick, like, a location. There's, like, three seasons, and they'll pick a location. And it's exactly the same as the Baraka movie. It's just, like, so let's say, like, Tahiti is one of them. And it's just all these beautiful video shots of Tahiti and, you know, the culture and the ocean and the animals. And it's real nice. So I watched a couple of those and, again, real pleasant. Um, The third time was more, a little more extreme. That was, uh, I had a fight with um, uh, somebody right before then. And then I was kind of, like, really upset and I was angry. And then I took him. And so that translated it was kind of a really intense trip I, I imagine that's what a bad trip's like um, but by the end it felt really really good uh, you know feel like I worked out worked through some stuff you know and the last one I did uh, the last one I did was um, that was a real pleasant one it was real I, I feel like because I have more experience now that it was I had more control and I was able to get more out of it. If that makes any sense, I was able to because I wasn't so amazed and and in awe of what I was seeing. I was able to go through it more methodically and and really take more away from the experience. But psychedelics are they're really awesome. I think they uh I think everybody should try it at least a couple of times.
2: Is well, it something you can like function on? Like, you can go
0: out? No, or you don't recommend <clears throat> going out. I, I don't recommend it at all. I, I for a couple of reasons. One because your pupils like take up your entire entire <laughs> eye. Someone be like, Whoa, "Are you yeah. okay?" You, you just look out of it. Um, and I, I just, you don't know what your brain is gonna do with stuff. So mm. I, you you don't know. And like, if you were in a city or something, like I wouldn't drive on them for one. Um, and if you were like in a city walking around, I imagine it's nuts. I imagine it's really bad. And you really kind of get a sense of like energy. Like being in nature is pretty cool. Being in a place you know well pretty is pretty cool. Um, and even more so for the experience itself. I think you should give it the respect it deserves, sort of thing. Not to be like preachy or anything, but you'll 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 feel better about the whole experience if you're giving it your attention. Mm-hmm. Wait, I, yeah. If
2: you're out and about, it's too many distractions, and you-
0: it's not even so much. Just dist- yeah, it's just it becomes then you're fighting to function at that point. Like, you're trying real hard to function. And it really can – your state of mind can determine how long you're in it. I took it with my brother one time, and he was real – he kept looking at the clock because he wanted to see how long, like, we had until we stopped being – and so he kind of pulled himself out of it. He had kind of a weaker experience. So he finished up in about two hours, whereas mine went for the whole, like, five or six hours. So, wow. And we had the same dose, so –
1: any horror stories though anything like in particular that kind of like was i don't know daunting or freaky
0: no not really uh for me it was it wasn't uh
1: how about like so, all right if how about the surreal philosophical impactful high like what what was the man, most that, interesting
0: that was um yeah that that was some crazy stuff so um uh, so there was one, I was, um, I took him on one day and, and so one of, one of the real strong father figures in my life, uh, had passed away a couple of years ago and I was sitting there and I was wearing clothes real similar to how he used to wear. And I was just sitting on the couch and like, there was this moment where I, I felt like I was him from his perspective, you know what I mean? And it was the weirdest, it was sad, but it was very I don't know a, a nice experience it was it was deep it was profound for me you know um there was also in the last one I I had the idea that <clears throat> perhaps I was um perhaps I was dying like this Whoa. trip this trip was me dying but not like I'm scared in a bad way but it was like if you've ever seen those um movies it's kind of a trope it's on movies or shows that have a supernatural element there's like a character will have an accident or it'll seem like a close call, like a near death experience. And then by the end of the show or the series or something, it turns out that everything that happened since then was like the process of dying. Like it wasn't a near miss. It was mm. like, they actually died in that accident. Oh yeah. I know. But then like this whole, because the mind can't accept that it's dying, it has to go through all these things to kind of buffer itself.
2: it would say even six cents.
0: Yeah, kind of that even, like you're already dead sort of thing. But this this was this is what it felt like. So it was like, it felt like everything, like maybe I had died and I, I couldn't figure out where. But like this was, because there was just this feeling of peace and understanding of like how everything worked. That like I was about to die, but everything that had, ha- like not that I was dying at that moment. But I had been dying for quite a while and everything up to this point was... Um, was my mind like, uh, comforting myself until I got to this point. And then I took it even further and I was like, what if that's like true for everyone constantly? And then you get into the, then you get into feeling like, well, how is any of this even real? Like it is, how do I know if any of this is real? Like technically our whole lives on earth could just be, not technically, theoretically, our whole lives on earth from the time we're born could actually just be the process of us dying <laughs> in our heads from another life. And this is just mm. like lives within lives sort of thing. And it's 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 tough to explain outside of that situation. It's tough to explain while you're in it. But going through it and feeling it, it really gives you kind of this cosmic, um, I don't want to say understanding because I don't know if it's true, but this feeling of, acceptance towards whatever the process is you know what I mean and it's it's really cool (laughs) it's it's really crazy um and even like I'd be sitting there and like oh that's like you're talking with somebody and and that's not actually somebody that's there but it's an aspect of your mind that's trying to keep you tethered to your life or something and once you break free of that then you kind of Ascend to heaven or something It's it's a real trip man Like And by the end of it, By the end of it You really just are Kind of at peace with stuff
2: <laughs> Sounds almost like a Metaphysical death It, it Well
0: they call, Ego death Ego death <clears throat> So that's something that um, There's a lot of People who um, Are pushing for Psychedelics Mental health um, Treatments And a lot of that is because of ego death Like mm. A lot of let that go. Oh yeah. Well, and especially things like PTSD. Progress. There's so much tra- trauma that's involved, and a lot of it is the fear of that trauma. Like our mind, again, our mind trying to protect ourselves from things that we. When you have this ego death, this death of this, like this individual sense of self, and you kind of take on this feeling of of the universe, you know, being one with the universe, because you really feel that way, like it, one and the same. I am everything but i'm also still me mm-hmm. like the universe what do they say the we are all just the universe observing ourselves that sort of thing so it's yeah it's a trip man and it's it's definitely healing like there's a lot of
2: i can yeah i can imagine that
0: a lot of stuff that the people could benefit from it
1: let's t- um i'm curious about your philosophical background because you were talking about how if you you were talking about um and uh, the restaurant that uh, if you don't have like this want to experience mm-hmm. it, the the trip is not going to be interesting. You know what I mean? You have to have like <laughs> some kind of weird
0: preparation almost. So it's go ahead. Uh, oh, I, I you. mean, you can speak
2: on it better than me. I was just going to speculate. Oh, speculate. <laughs> <But I laughs> to speculate. speculate, I speculate. I imagine you have to be yeah in a certain the right setting, the mm-hmm. right like mood. Mm-hmm in order to experience it in a, a more positive way versus like you said, you had one case, you had an argument before, so you were kind of just mm-hmm. out of it. You were more emotional, maybe more stressed. So you exactly. The experience with that, it's almost going to just, uh, exasperate it or just like intensify those
0: feelings. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, 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 so it's, it, you, you enter it with whatever you bring. <coughs> And so it's, it's true like that. So you, it, <sighs>
1: that's why I ask like, what's your, what ideas do you think led to maybe having this kind of metaphysical outlook on like taking the, the shrooms? Do you think it had something to do with the Taoism you had learned when you were younger or the philosophies you were brought up with? Maybe.
0: I, I definitely do. Um, I've always been interested in, uh, just religion and philosophy since I was young. My dad had a book about, um, like the religions of the world. And I read it when I was very young. Um,
1: Oh, so, like it talked about like Vishnu and all these Oh yeah it, it just gave a
0: brief brief overview of all the different religions and uh I I thought it was the most interesting thing and then I had a buddy uh when I was training martial arts he was an older guy he was in college and he uh he gave me one of his college philosophy books when I was in um god I must have been like 12 or 13 it blew my fucking mind man like
1: Dude, wait like, which uh, philosophy book was it what no, was it I, on
0: i don't remember the name but it was on western philosophy and it oh like, like
1: plato and the soul and stuff
0: just an overview it was like probably philosophy 101 or something and it was it like the first thing was like in the in the discussion of philosophy we need to it's really just about asking questions simple questions taken to their fullest length can can have profound effects on how we view the world for an example if i ask you Where are you? You'll say something like, I'm here. If I ask where is here, you'll say I'm in my house. Well, where is your house? My house is uh, at this address. Well, where is that address? In this town. Where is that town? In North America. Where is North America? It's on this hemisphere. And then you keep asking so on and so forth until you, like, you don't know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Where is the universe? Duh right and mm-hmm. and these are this is what philosophy is. it's you know asking questions and and finding different ways to look at things and so that that little train of thought that the the opening of that book asked that alone just blew my mind, and so reading on that and just being curious about those things is has influenced me i've i've for fun i'll I'll read about things uh um all things philosophy and and religion um east and west, it's 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 just interesting. These are these are ideas and concepts that have shaped the world we live in. No matter how much stock you put in them, no matter how much you believe they're true or false, they have immense power. You know, the the power of of belief is a thing, you know. Not not to get into like the secret or like, you know, putting things out into the universe. But I mean the power of belief is intense. If you believe something as a human being, it can be the source of power to do crazy things. I mean, amazing things. That's how we got to the moon because we believed we could get to the moon, you know? And so this, this is what our ancestors believed. This is what early humans believed. And this is what people believe to this day, rational people, people who have lives and jobs and, and kids and are active members of society they believe these amazing things, these, you know, ancient stories. And so that's always just really interests me. Um, and so, yeah, taking that kind of uh, even pantheistic approach when, when going into the psychedelic experience, I imagine you you have a lot to play with.
1: <laughs> it's funny because I think um, Albert Einstein was a pantheist. I'm curious if
0: he ever did any of that, any like hallucinogenics. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, like I said, the guy who um, discovered the shape of of the the double helix, the shape of DNA, the structure of DNA, he's known. He admitted that he, before it became illegal, he did LSD on a regular basis uh, to inspire creativity. And I think
2: a lot of very intelligent people dabble.
0: Oh, it's it's a massive source of creativity. And there's, there's a lot of evidence that... It's
2: definitely where your friend, Jack Dorsey, went off and... No,
0: he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> he, did, he did meth. He <laughs> <actually> <laughs> looks Jack, Dor- Jack Dorsey's never actually done shrooms. He just does meth. He mm. looks like more of a meth head, not gonna lie. <laughs> 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 he's like, screw that. <laughs> he has kind <laughs> of he's a like, He's like, well, will this make me want to suck dick for it. Like, no, I don't want it. <laughs> it's, it doesn't appeal to me. <laughs> it needs to ruin my life, or right? I don't want it. <laughs>
2: But for for sure, Steve Jobs was
0: one. Yep, absolutely.
2: Um, I imagine even Albert Einstein. But I, I looked up confirm? I looked
1: up shrooms, and all I see is like he used to like mushrooms.
2: Albert Einstein. Mushroom,
1: just regular mushrooms though. <laughs> 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 Very specific article. It's just like, yeah, he used to like mushrooms, and the housemaid was talking about he would have mushrooms as snacks or something. Yeah,
0: he was just <laughs> constantly <laughs> high on shrooms. That's what <laughs> That'd be funny if the maid actually the maid was like, means.
1: "Oh, he just he used to love mushrooms. <laughs> he had an obsession with mushrooms. But for some <laughs> odd reason, he would kind of become a little unhinged, and he would lock himself up, <laughs> and then he would also uh, hear a lot of moaning and 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 um screaming. <laughs> <laughs> but he 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 loved mushrooms. He I, like would, super I would search
2: uh, psychedelics, Albert Einstein. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because it might not be mushrooms. Am
1: it I the am I the glorified um? Source checker now? Jamie. You get the Source with, checker. You get
0: the one with the laptop. <clears throat> yep.
1: It's, it's going to die. Just like all of us.
0: Oh, damn.
1: All right, let yeah. me see. The damn. deep. Damn,
0: the <laughs> shadow descends. <laughs> uh,
1: apparently, he used to smoke a lot of marijuana, ac- according to vocal media. And a lot futurists. of hallucinogenic drugs. Yep. It says that? Yep. Uh, dimethyl... Confirmed. Uh, oh. DMT, yep.
0: Confirmed. Confirmed. Well, there we go. I'm Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, the, pan- the the pantheistic view isn't
1: that weird if you think about it. If you're agnostic, even but if you don't believe in a God, believing think, in the universe, its power, as a uh, cosmic force, you know, it's not I that think weird.
2: understanding a lot of those, and even gaining the idea for a lot of those scientific concepts, you need to... You need a different perspective. Well, you need You're to. I mean, um,
0: it's the reality.
2: Of the why, universe, why
1: limit yourself, right? You know what I mean. Well, the reality of the universe is as bad a shit, of, crazy as religion. They, like
2: you combine your scientific and the real the Stoics talk about this. The
1: Stoics and the Cynics they call it tufos, and the tufos means mist. And the idea is that the mist, you have to try to uh, fan it away, and then you'll see and you'll become enlightened, and, gre- and that's. A Greek term, two
2: So psychedelics are like
1: two Maybe like maybe when they were talking about dispersers. M- you know, it's <laughs> funny because when they were talking about miss, yeah, you could o- one could also think they were smoking an a, a ancient really? Greek joint, They're and it's like, like and, <laughs> and then um what's the code, the, the <laughs> his, it called? The the historian, the DL. He's probably like, hmm. Like
2: you can't it just, seems, can't just hotbox. You gotta.
1: But um, um yeah, mental clarity. I think why limit yourself, right? I mean, people get inspired from different things. People also get inspired from dreams too. And we always, I guess that's our thing now because we keep, we keep mentioning dreams in, every, in all these podca- uh, podcast episodes. But just like, um, I forgot one one inventor, but one inventor was known for in, inventing something very important that he had realized in a dream. Like he just...
0: A lot of them did. Yeah. Oh, no, Edison, Edison did that with a couple of things. That, and that ties into the theory of like, Nothing is invented, it's just discovered. So the which, concept of ideas f- like floating in the ether, and like if you don't grab it and act on it, then somebody else will.
2: And which now I'm thinking is like they were high on psychedelics and they couldn't just say, I was high. Like, <laughs> I was dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'd be funny if
1: that's actually right. the reason why. You
2: couldn't say that. You couldn't come out and be like, yeah, was, I took this.
0: There was a book I read where um, uh, the superstition... Superstitious by Graham Hancock. Um, free shout out for you there, Graham. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> but he um, in it, he talks about um, people that went down to South America to do ayahuasca. And some of them, a, a group of scientists went. And they found a new, um, like there was a discovery that this one girl did. She was doing research on DNA, the structure of DNA. Not the structure, but something about it. And uh, she took, she did the ayahuasca and came back and wrote her PhD off of this thing. Um, And she said, "Yeah, like the things in my visions told me about this." So (laughs) the visions, yeah, the the visions told me about it.
2: And I think there's, you, it's just using. It's like core knowledge or things that you know. You maybe just can't make the connections. It kind of
0: could be, yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of
2: it's a lot of ways to kind of think about what's exactly going on. Why?
0: I think I'm in the spirit world, personally. <laughs> and that's my my it could approach. Be a
2: spirit world thing, and just like answer. It, it's there it's really knowledge this, is there.
0: It really the th- that's the best way I can describe it. It's like on that movie Doctor Strange, where you you're in the world, but you're just to the side of it, kind of. You know, you're in kind of the in between. It's it's you don't feel like. You don't feel like I'm just Does seeing it feel, stuff. funny. Is it out of body? <clears throat> no, you're you're in your body, but it feels like your body is not in the same place. It feels mm. like it feels like you are in like the an astral projection. Is it, yeah, I was gonna say no, not not even that. It's 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 where you are. It's the same space that you started, but it's like uh, it's like you're in another version of it because it mm. it doesn't feel like you're just seeing things different because it's such a whole body, whole sensory experience that you feel like you've gone to a different part of the world. Like this is the negative aspect not Mm. even in a bad way, but like on a photograph, like Mm -hmm. this is the negative version of it. It's, it's so weird. (laughs) Like it's, it's really a stranger. You don't feel like, yeah, I'm just seeing crazy shit and like that, but you're like, I'm in the place where shit is kind of crazy looking.
1: Oh, man, not just that you bring it up. I would just remember my, what my dream was, actually. You know, I ever had that metacognition thing where you remember the thought process that led you to remember. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. a weird metacognition. I just had it right now. I remember what my dream was. We were all going to get sushi, you and me. I'm going to tell you, this is actually sounds like a, a salt. What is it called? Uh, bath salts? kind of dream yeah fuck bad salt like I'll tell you what I remember it was like a sunset and it was by my neighbor's house and there was like a weird there was like a a chicken with a gun in his hands I'm not even joking it's a little fucking chicken that had a gun in his hand and then I'm like whoa there's a chicken with a that's gun an out of there like yeah you dream about that's a weird thing usually my dreams they're not that weird usually they're very consistent and symbolic either I dream about like an animal or a location or like the beach Right? It's, weird. it's a weird projection. But for some reason, I had like a dream about like that, a chicken with a gun. And I was like, and I was self-aware about it. I'm like, what the? F-?
2: It's almost cartoony.
1: Yeah, cartoony. And then you know what I did? I went back to my house and then we we're going to go eat sushi. And we we're going to eat the sushi at my place. And then a bunch of zombies came. <laughs> I'm not even fucking joking. But the zombies weren't like we like the stereotypical zombies. They were more like, um, how do I say it? Um, Like meth heads. Just angry, aggressive meth heads who wanted to bite you and eat you for bath salts, or I guess. Speaking of this, I don't know how I just remember that. It's weird how you can trigger something from like a dream. I I think usually back then I used to uh, write down my dreams. So I'm curious what would happen if you uh, wrote down all your trips and what you had. <laughs> I, I and you had a it. whole journal. Just they you know you had a dedicated book to all the trips. From, like, years.
0: I I wrote, I wrote, I had a notebook set out on one of those trips, and uh, I tried to uh, write, like, everything. It's fucking gibberish. The next day, like, it's it's really gibberish. I was just, like, writing, like. While you're. Yeah, while I was under. Like, what
1: was the gibberish? What would it say? Just really weird stuff.
2: I think, because, maybe, like, you're. Everything's going so quickly. Your thoughts are changing. Yeah, yeah. So no, quickly. I was. It was. So it you're was, trying to piece together a single thought that you had in a moment, but it's already moving. It's already on. passed.
0: Yeah, because well, time time works super different. Like your perception of time when you when you're on psychedelics, it works so different. Like I was outside, sitting, and I was I had this distinct feeling that like time had stopped, like, and it was it was like things were going in like ultra slow motion. To where it, they seemed like frozen And it was like Everything will stop And it will remain stopped For as long as you Like Refuse your Physical Like uh desires right mm-hmm. And so I was like shit I have to pee oh. <laughs> so It was like If you get up to pee Then time will start up again So you know that's your choice So I held it as long as I could And then I had to pee uh, And then time started again So you're welcome
1: <laughs> oh so you just the, the high like you got kicked out of the high almost?
0: No no not even that just that aspect of it like time will go faster at points and it'll slow down it'll stop and it'll slice up time to be like to just last for so long it's it's so it's such a trip man it's crazy. And then like you can you get different sensory experiences to different things so like <clears throat> you can feel in like high definition Uh, different parts at different points. So, like, you'll – everything will seem distant and echoey for your hearing, and then something will come into, like, high definition, and you'll hear it extremely clearly. Everything else will be distant. Physically, um, when I'd pee, like, that's one thing I hate to do on streams is pee because I can feel, like, the pee coming through – my urethra, like you know, in, in ultra definition, like just you can feel it coming out. Like, stop,
1: like a two-hour movie, and then you just let no, go.
0: Well, no, then you feel. The like, problem is, is you feel it. Normally, you just feel you have to pee, and then you can
2: kind of feel a little bit. But you're saying you feel the you f- entire you feel flow, the <laughs> whole
0: flow. Yeah, from, from Real, that's creepy. Like, well, and in detail, like as it's coming through the, the the pipe, and then when when you're sitting there trying to like shake it off, it still feels like there's stuff. That needs to come out
2: probably because it's it's actually there.
0: Yeah, it, exactly. It's and so you just are there for like I'm shaking it for way more than the two shakes. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm officially playing with it at, You're that, probably point. Jack, okay, we, at that point. Okay, we. just af- like shaking and officially
1: have a shake shake meter.
2: Me, that makes me think of other things. Yeah, i we not gonna do it. <laughs> hey, cynic shame. Remember, <laughs>
1: Dio. <laughs> sick cynic I shamelessness. So.
0: I imagine so. But uh no, so I'll sit there for like exaggerated periods because I'm like I really don't want to like have pee in my pants, and then eventually it'll get to the point where it's like, like every hour, fuck so. it, I gotta pull my pants up, I gotta get out there. Like this is weird. Careful, <laughs> this is
1: somebody's fetish. And by the way, what You're happens? If, what happens <laughs> if
0: you have to um, go number two? Oh, those are interesting. <laughs> Feel I like you had that as well. Have, have, yeah, I have had that as well. It's uh, it feels like the ground is this like. <clears throat> yeah, it's it's odd. it is odd like the 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 seat is like grabbing you and stuff that's not that's not as as detailed as the p1 but it's uh yeah mostly because when you're sitting there it's longer i think and so you're thinking about other shit looking at the walls and everything Mm -hmm. else but yeah bathroom
1: let's move on to bruce lee Good, tra- yeah. good transition, <laughs> yeah. good segue. No, no, really, because <laughs> speaking I, of <laughs> speaking of it. No, speaking I mean of P. <laughs> Bruce Lee. Right? Oh no, no, but now I remember why I was gonna bring up Bruce Lee because I remember when I was young and I was doing uh, a karate. I was doing uh, martial arts when I was super young. Um, I remember one of my uh, my sensei told me that there was a famous martial artist that started um, karate. Karate is pretty old, right? Because yeah. it it came from uh, te the Okinawan style, <coughs> that event was brought from the Chinese sailors who went down Okinawa.
0: That Well, that's what, um, Kimpo? Yeah. So Kimpo is uh, the Japanese um, version, or actually it might even be, come from Okinawan, but I know Kimpo, because kin is fist, and po is like um, method or law, it comes from the Chinese chuanfa, chuanfa, which is chuan is fist, and fa is like a method or a, Law, as they yeah. call it, right? So it's... um Chuanfa is like a, a generic... It's like Kung Fu. It's a generic term for Chinese martial arts. Fist art, fist wave, fist method. And so that's what they took that term. Kenpo was the original term of most uh, karate systems. And then karate was the Japanese version of uh, Kenpo. But you, ha- you have versions of Kenpo now in karate. Like uh, Ed Parker... Who popularized uh, karate in America? He his style was he called it kenpo. Kenpo karate.
1: Interesting. I brought up um, this guy because also another speaking of dreams. I guess it's another cliche inside joke because I keep talking about it. Because I just remember another st- uh, story re- regarding it. My sensei told me that um, there was a very that some of the there was a specific move in in karate. That um originated actually, funny enough, in a dream of one of the senseis that he saw that that move being done in the dream that was super vivid, and then that's how I forgot what maybe it was a kata. You know, katas. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I'm not really a big fan of katas. I never liked them. I preferred I, liked them. I preferred sparring. Right. I thought it was more. It's to show down the history and the traditions. Right. Mm-hmm. But I some of the kata could be applied for, like, self-defense scenarios. I forgot, I forgot what they used to call it. Bunkai? Maybe that's a Japanese word. But, yeah, they some some of the, the, whatever, the technique or the kata or the bunkai application, it was um because somebody, one of the grandmasters had a dream of that technique. So, that's crazy. And I bring up Bruce Lee just because... And, and it actually has to do with uh, hallucinogenics because, I mean, what I... I guess it's, like, a good nod to eclecticism you know eclecticism right Mm -hmm. yeah having to not synthesizing but kind of borrowing from different not being afraid or shy to borrow knowledge from any kind of like the sanren shinko right if you walk with three people um surely Mm -hmm. one of them will be my teachers right but the same thing with all these other things like if you can gain knowledge like from dreams or from like trips or from different different um mediums then why not Right, yeah. so the same thing with um, that's why I guess this philo- that's the um a good way of promoting eclecticism, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. And Bruce Lee is kind of the epitome of being an eclectic because he had a lot of philosophy, a lot of the the martial arts, you know, jiu jitsu, like you were saying, right? That it's um uh, inspired by Taoism, right? Right, and that Taoism made him. And Taoism talks a lot about water, right? How it's a flowing... It's a, It puts an emphasis... Just like Heraclitus too in the Greeks. Funny enough that, like you said, nothing appears from just anywhere. I'm not saying that the Chinese learned this from the Greeks or the Greeks learned, th- learned this from something, uh, the Chinese, but in all cultures there seems to be the um, elements being important into their um, early philosophies or um, religions, right? I know that the Greeks had the four... Four um elements fire, <coughs> earth uh wind and I think it was fire, earth, wind, water, and the Chinese they have metal and wood, and the mm-hmm. Indians have something else, but whatever whatever there's still um elements right and in um Taoism, the water is very important because it it's it flows it's adaptable mm-hmm. and it's still water, right, kind of like this martial art, jikundo. it's still jikundo. But it has it's um, adapted from different aspects of different um, martial arts, right? Mm-hmm. And we kind of talked about that in the last episode, right? We were talking about how borrowing stuff from different things is not really a bad thing. The same with kind of what the, philo- the philosophy we were um, taught, cynicism, kinicism. Like We It'd be interesting to kind of bring back the philosophy in, in um, this eclectic way. Because it's it's a really old philosophy. Yeah, cause you very continuous.
2: Pretty much have to implement and take on borrow what works for you. It'll be different for. Everybody. I mean, for
1: me, obviously, um, I'm more of a tech background. I'm interested in technology and science, and I major. I mean,
0: yeah,
2: and part of it could be your interests.
0: Well, it, it comes down to the fact that it it really is. One of the things about Bruce Lee is that he was definitely an individualist. He was in a
1: philosophy too, philosophy major yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. But, he was a
0: teacher. His personal philosophy about like, um, and and this is what the problem with modern Jeet Kune Kundo is, is that Bruce Lee came up with a fighting method that worked for him. it was, yeah, his, it was yeah. his way of expressing the the idea of martial art, the idea of self defense these concepts and ideas in a physical way. It was his expression. And that was the art part. Yes. And so by him pulling things from other styles, he made it his own. And he tried to teach that philosophy, the philosophy of being true and having a, an honest self-expression to his students. Now, his students were extremely talented. I've, I've met some of them. I've trained with some of them. Nothing against them. But inevitably what happens is is ideas tend to solidify as time goes on. And so originally, um, uh, his his first style was called um, Li uh, Junfan uh, Kung Fu, I think, which was because uh, that was his his Chinese Li Junfan, and so it was um, that was it was just named after him because it was his way. And when pressed for like what's a what's a, a name of your style, what do you do? He said Kune Do. The Way of the Intercepting Fist And people ran with that name so much And they they, they hardened the ideas And they, they read the Tao of Jeet Kune do And they read his notes and everything And they wanted to fight like Bruce Lee mm-hmm. Ultimately this was the problem though Because You're not Bruce Lee You're Big, your own person Exactly And and I learned this early on Unfortunately because I have like The exact opposite body of Bruce Lee yeah. So Big Mac here I I can do martial arts well when I'm doing them the way that I do them when I try to do them the way Bruce Lee does them or did them I I could not do it because it's not we're not the same person and so it is unfortunate that the deeper meanings of what he was spreading was not was not taken as I mean definitely I mean if if a bozo like me can understand the meaning behind it there's there's surely plenty of well accomplished and more intelligent people than myself who, who have grasped it, who have applied this to themselves. And that's where he's influenced a lot of people. But then there's a lot of people who are just like, Oh, I want to be a badass. I want to train Jeet Kune Do. Like I want to be like Bruce Lee. There's nothing wrong with wanting to work like Bruce Lee. There's nothing wrong with wanting to, to think in the same kind of way he thought, but you can't be Bruce Lee. Mm -hmm. You can only be yourself. And ultimately that was what he um, kind of his eclecticism was back then there was the, the seventies was really um, super focused on styles, styles of martial art, which style is the best, which style does that? The answer is no style. No style is better than the other, but practitioners can be better than the other, depending on their natural talents, how well their method of fighting fits with them, how hard they train, how many hours they've put in? What type of training they've done? That's how you get the best martial artist, you know. And so, as a martial artist, I think for other martial artists, that's that's what we should be looking to Bruce Lee for. Is is and in life as well, not just in martial arts, but the principles: be, being true to yourself, expressing yourself with honesty expressing yourself with your own type of passion in the way like you have your interest in tech and uh, things things on that in philosophy things like that that works completely for you and this is honestly the problem with a lot of religious dogma too is that a lot ev- there's a lot of good stuff in a lot of the religions in a lot of the philosophies in a lot of these you know, methods that people have, hacks. We could even and, call them like And diets too. Hacks. Diets work differently for diets different people. Diets workouts, everything. But it doesn't, it, it's not cookie cutter. I can tell you what works for me, but I have a very different body type than you have. You know, so if we're talking physical, it's very different. I have different interests, different experiences. So my f- personal philosophies inevitably are going to be a little bit different than yours. If you try to have mine then it's, it's, you're not going to be as fulfilled as I am. And so a constant pursuit of yourself and your uh, regular introspection and above all that honesty, That's I think you, you can't overlook that because so many people have an idea of what they want to be, that they are dishonest to themselves and others when expressing that. And that's where a lot of their unhappiness comes from is because they're not being true to who they actually are so being true to yourself in an honest way as honest as possible that's the secret to everything you're welcome alright mm-hmm. that's it guys everyone your life is saved so <laughs> <laughs> thank pack, you I'll take uh, that ba- pack up your bags boy t- t- take the check we did uh, it. Send it in the mail <laughs> we did it boys That's it. I'll, the world I'll, is I'll saved. co-sign that I'll co-sign that <laughs> Save it to the, but I mean, every, send it to
1: the cynics <laughs> <laughs> I think the I think um the only universal philosophy is that you got to find your own path really in yeah. a sense really. Oh definitely. Your life is up to you really. No one else could it's, do it for you. No one can live your life for you really.
2: Very individual.
1: But I would say that there is some kind of you at least you have to have some kind of um of a I guess not a platform but more like a uh, some roots.
2: But the roots could be it. Anything. Gen- generally speaking, I Bruce- mean the roots of Bruce Lee's philosophy. I think it's fine. Don't, yeah, it douses Don't pursue, literally, what he is. Pursue.
0: Well, I mean Bruce Lee's philosophy. You can look at, you could take everything Bruce Lee ever wrote, compile it, and make that your personal Bible if you wanted to, and that would be your roots. But if you do nothing with that, you're not growing. So if you're f- if you don't bear a a f- uh, 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 tree you know following the plant metaphor if you don't bear a plant that is uniquely you then like the reason why bruce lee's philosophy while it can apply to everyone in the particular form that it takes it doesn't apply to everybody you can take the same same seed of truth from his stuff and and if it's condensed down to its most basic element anyone can digest it but if you're to try to take everything he did and the way he expressed it through his art and through his movies and his martial arts and his words, that can be your roots if it if it appeals to you. But inevitably, it's going to change once you start to express it through yourself. And that's okay.
1: And he said this, right? He quoted something about the water is formless, but eventually it does take on a form. It could be a teapot. If it's in a teapot, it could be uh, waves or... What it, what was that quote? About be like water, be my like friend. Be like water, yep. That's yeah. the classic
0: one. And
2: I, I think it comes to everyone naturally. And, mm-hmm. and but I, what c- I mean by that, and I, I talked about this with you before, where it's like...
1: When we're talking about the cynics and yeah. how they... Because in cynicism, right, it's the... Consider that some scholars say it's the pure Socratic school, right? It's one of the oldest. Sure. Right? And the the it's no, there's no theory in cynicism. That the The tenets are easy. The tenets are... Live in with nature, uh, and the, living in accordance with nature, and then living in accordance with nature is living according to our basic needs of freedom, autonomy, and um, living logically. Right, knowing mm-hmm. our place in the universe, stuff like that. Right, but for every cynic that's out there, I mean, I'm going to say cynic because it's easier, right? Just to not confuse it with the modern cynicism. Um, the most notable cynics are are cynics are Diogenes. And Crates, Diogenes was, you know, the guy who said told Mm -hmm. Alexander to fuck off, right? Yeah, my son. So he's a very aggressive. He's very aggressive because of his personality, his upbringing, and how he was exiled and stuff like that, right? And compared to like the other, his student, Crates of Thebes. Crates of Thebes is they nicknamed. Well, the nickname um, Diogenes the dog, right? Because he used to Mm -hmm. hound people on his arrow errors of their ways. Yeah. They used to call him the watchdog because he would be the watchdog of morality for the Athenians, right? Yeah. He put the mirror in their face. To show them who they are, and, right? And then Crates of Thieves was considered the second dog, really the most notable one. And Crates of Thieves was also nicknamed the door opener because people liked him. And he was uh, a kinnick who would go around and he would um, kind of settle petty dist- disputes between family members, right? Right. So wh- I guess what I'm trying to say is that they're, despite it being a very... Uh, uh, the principles are kind of set in stone for kinnicism. Right, it's pretty much the the Socratic teachings that are kind of condensed, and probably the purest for most people. Right, it's one of, since it's so old. They're all interpreted differently, right? For every Kinnick that's around, one uh, there are some that focus on the satire portion. There are some people who focus on the cosmopolitan um, portion because you know, mm-hmm. Diogenes he's the first one to to coin that word cosmopolitanism, right? Which means the citizen of the universe, right? Mm-hmm. So. Everyone has interpreted differently, but it's existed for a while, obviously, because some people consider it loose principles, right, rather than a philosophy, because there's no theory, it's just action, that they put an emphasis on, not theory, just action, be a good person, and stoicism is the predecessor of that, Mm -hmm. but it's more a wash down, and it's more um, PG, if you know what I mean, because shamelessness is a, is something that the 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 kinnicks would um talk about right be like a dog if a dog can do can pee and poop then you should be able to do it anywhere too i don't agree with that but it's everybody interpret. <laughs> it's good right <laughs> but they all interpreted it differently right and you can, and um, I don't think that's that's bad. And it's just like kind of like Cussley's teachings, be.
0: like to to it, interpret things.
1: Because not everybody can be a kinnik like the way Diogenes was. You can't go out and start well, and shitting they, they and pooping should. and masturbating, or and you, or you're not going to be like. Maybe you're not so nice or um, so sh- jolly like Crates, right? Who was a kinnik who would be settle disputes and stuff like that. Maybe you're more into the adventure lifestyle.
0: I mean, if if you're just shitting and jerking off everywhere and doing whatever you want. If you live your life like an animal, you're basically agreeing with, like, hedonists in, in terms of philosophy. Like Which you're, is You're really, seeking yeah. seeking the pleasure.
1: You know what's really funny about that is that the hedonists really did not like um, the Kinnicks. Because, you know no, why... Yeah, was- yeah, you know, the reason why is because... It's kind of a paradoxical philosophy but they put a, uh, an emphasis on on physical training and going through hardships so to toughen yourself up and be mentally strong mm-hmm. like the stoics right so yeah it,
0: uh, and but then but then you're indulging in just as a like if you base your life on if a dog can do it i can do it th- then you are just giving into your baser instincts at a moment's notice which is a form of hedonism you're just not as avoiding the 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 hard or the difficult, the unsavory, right? So, I mean, that's pure hedonism, is just avoid all discomfort, seek all comfort at all times, right? And but the
1: Epicureans, too, to a certain extent, also believe in sort of that as well.
0: I mean, the the Greeks were big on seeking the good, the good life and that, but the difference is that most of their philosophies included the, the delayed gratification, the necessity of true good is not just pure self-indulgence, but it is the hardships that lead to a better version of yourself, which therefore causes you to get more out of life. And, and there was this other things tied to the good life, the a sense of duty, a sense of beauty, a sense of uh, aestheticism, of, of wisdom. These were all tied into the pleasure of the good life. And eventually they just kind of got lazy because they focused too much on <laughs> the hedonistic aspect, and that's why the Romans the disciplined Romans were able to come and just march over them. Well,
1: it's funny because a lot of the Kinnicks that are famous tend to be, um, funny, not hedonists, they tend to be satirists. They all tend to end up being political, even though it's they're actually against um, partaking in politics, which is very kind of paradoxical. Either that or they, um, yeah, um, funny enough, the Stoic and cynic and principles... Were the reasons why um they killed Julius Caesar funny enough because they had that tradition and I, mean, I think we talked about that right? We should make we should make a video on that. That, but anyway, that's kind of besides the point. What I'm trying to say is that a philosophy, uh, everybody interprets it differently, and I don't think that I think that's good because they can find a new way of a new spin on an old favorite, right? Yeah, and that's yeah, right?
2: How that's how you make it work for yourself.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, I, it it's good as long as you don't like I guess corrupt the message and make it almost like it, un un-, well, un unnoticeable if you know what I mean
2: It doesn't have to be even what you're what it's called it can you, just you form can, form something else actually, yes, yeah, exactly, so don't say like I'm following this when you put it and made it your own, because yeah. then okay, it's your own thing, um I mean, but that's it kind of got off the point I was trying to make before <laughs> I was going for like when I said before about like if you're just education in general it's like what you're good at versus what you're passionate about
1: oh he's gonna bring we used to we wanted to make a segment about this the calls of wisdom because you know people always kind of
2: call the wisdom uh, to follow they, your passion they kind of mm-hmm. have
1: this pearl they think it's a pearl of wisdom where they say follow your passion but, which I, d- I get what you mean but i think it has to be balanced i think that's the only philosophy that's
2: balanced to it but you should I think it's, you can never go wrong embracing the things you're naturally good at.
1: Unless you're just good at killing people.
2: I think you'll, you'll, you'll find. I like how he just totally. Just <laughs> <dismissed>. <laughs> you'll find, I think you'll find happiness. You'll find, oh, you'll find happiness. You, you'll, you'll find. I mean, yeah,
0: that's serial killers are happiest. killing people.
2: You're good at, ki- but <laughs> a serial killer is going to be a serial killer. We're
0: just yeah. joshing you. We're just trying to rustle your feathers. <laughs> yeah, but no, I'm serious. They'll be happiest when they kill the night.
2: Hey, if that's it, you will be a legend in a way. Okay, <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> infamous. We're, this infamous. is already becoming
0: a rated R philosophy. <laughs>
2: but what, you're good. Yeah, because you can say, oh, if you're good at this, you should do it. <laughs> no, okay. You're, uh, just, you're, you're still based on Give in, some like, credit to our viewers. Morals. <laughs> Got morals There's
1: one me. dude in the comments. Whoa, dude. I'm really good at like shooting like stuff.
2: But, okay, you'll find some ha- general happiness and fulfillment from pursuing things you're good at. Well,
1: like I, ta- I always bring up Johannes Kepler because remember, Johannes Kepler, he was not passionate about astrology. Actually, I think, I think he despised it because he was an astronomer. But, you know, during that time, in, uh, people actually liked astrology. You can get paid pretty well for just essentially just like kind of uh-huh polluting astronomy
2: oh, yeah I thought well he had already had some knowledge that he can kind of yeah 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 so f- twist him. but he money. wasn't
1: passionate about astrology he was passionate about ast- astronomy but he said and he they asked him why would you do this if you're an astro- you're actually an astronomer that's what you like and you're passionate about he said don't, uh, don't pay the bills
2: yeah he I mean, literally I mean, said it himself actually you can that, look that up I think that's that's different yeah he realized oh I can make money off of uh, kind of twisting this and following I
0: mean that's a d- that's a nice little loophole actually yeah it's it's convenient when. What would be a good example? Like let's say I was uh. Let's say I, I my my passion I was I loved and I was really good at doing like, super detailed lifelike paintings or something right, but you know that's what I did on my weekends. But during the weekday I, I did like comic strip you know, illustrations because that, makes that pays more yeah and you're good at it yeah i'm already good at it, it pays more and it's basically what i do anyway it's just it's not taking anything from my uh more higher passion if you will but
2: yeah so is there some balance
0: but no I, I agree with that and a lot of this stuff is what we like there's the question of what is talent versus um hard work and what they found is that early on if if you have the right environment that notices you're good at something and they encourage it and they, they praise you for it this in turn causes you to feel good when you do it and so you want to do it more so you invest more time doing it and then before you know it you've put in you know tens of thousands of hours into this thing and you're and excellent you, at this you thing ha- you
2: have something that you can always fall back on yeah, exactly right. but
0: but it comes it still comes from the fact that a lot of people think that this is talent but it's not necessarily talent. It's you were encouraged to do it from a young age.
2: Yeah. And so it's other factors that kind of,
0: yeah. And I I think that there's the, so there's two parts to that. One is that a lot of these things that we look at talent, even if that's how talents form, they do so when we're very young, this is before we have real conscious thought about stuff. Mm -hmm. When we're talking, when you talk to most people about the challenge of talent versus passion, right? This is already when they're, Adults, and so you don't think of it in term you think of it in this has always been this way in my life-, mm-hmm. but in reality, you probably could become an expert at something if you're willing to invest that ten thousand hour mark in it, which yes, as you get older becomes more and more unreasonable because yeah. you have less and less time to just devote to one thing like you do when you're younger, so this is a lot of talents are formed in our in our youth, but i I don't th- that's why I say. I don't think that should stop you from doing things that you enjoy doing when you get older, whether you're good at them or not. That's what hobbies are for. <laughs> yeah, you know you
1: know, what's really funny? I remember there was somebody on Reddit. Um, was it Reddit? No, I watched these Reddit YouTube videos where like do you have like unpopular opinions or something? And there was some guy on Reddit saying, oh, you'll never be... And it's an unpopular opinion probably for a good reason because I think it's kind of dumb what he said. He's like, you'll never be truly good at anything. You won't be talented and be the best like Mozart. So very nihilistic and i was like you know what even if i wasn't like i liked the best guitarist i i would enjoy just being able to play some tunes and i think you know what i mean <laughs> who who wants to just it's to a self believe defeating sort of yeah it's very self <laughs> to be like who can like it's like, like you, well you, get, you'll you, never be able to get to the moon you'll so be
2: the best so why even try yeah exactly you'll never be the best so why even try and i might like it. And, <laughs> and it's like,
1: he was like framing it as like something like a true hard fact, like, oh, this is going to destroy you because it's the dark truth you don't want to know about. And guess what? You'll never be the best.
2: Who hurt you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> By the way,
1: I love those replies when somebody says, who hurt you? Who hurt you? Pretty much. Like, exactly. What, what happened? <laughs>
2: it's, it's like,
1: even if that's like, that's the way I like to see it as the struggle. Even if you're not going to be the best, why not try? You only live once, right? And even if you're not if you're mediocre at best, if that's what you enjoy and you can play a tune, maybe not the best, not maybe not at a concert, but something for yourself, I don't see a problem with that. You get what I mean? Yeah. I think I don't that's a very weird take to have, but I just remembered it for some reason.
2: Yeah, I, I mean I wouldn't be able to deal with those types of people. No. I don't know who could Who hurt, hurt you? <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the comments are hilarious. We should. That's why one one day we should do the video. Uh, Grape minds, right? I remember we were gonna talk about that, but um, I think we kind of went off track. We were talking about Bruce Lee, but um, <laughs> let's get back to Bruce Lee. I also wanted to know what we t- what we end up talking about if so- if he was killed or not.
0: Bruce Lee. Oh, the. I'm just the, kidding. The conspiracy. The conspiracy,
1: but. Uh, Actually, I wanted to talk before that, we get on to that. I wanted to talk about, um, didn't he, Who's the first martial art or mixed MMA fighter, if you think about it? Do you, would you consider it to be Bruce Lee? Him being the first kind of four founding father of this MMA, kind of idea of MMA, mixing styles, and, and then going off and fighting in tournaments? Do you think, some people consider Bruce Lee as the father of MMA. Do you believe that's kind of a accurate term as somebody who's kind of a, Think more he, professional martial artist?
0: I think he definitely influenced it.
1: Because you were talking also about Kenjimbo, whatever that... Oh, Kaji Kimbo? Kaji Kimbo.
0: I, I mean, the, the idea of... I mean, again... um It's
1: definitely nothing new, but I guess maybe he was more popular, so therefore it's more I mean, power. He, he
0: brought... So Bruce Lee did more than just... Bruce Lee's influence on martial arts in the West is immense. Because, I mean, he really changed the, the game for martial art. The way martial arts were viewed in the in the West, like before then, you had really martial arts in the West have only been in the last hundred years or so, maybe a little. Well, I guess twenty years past. They then, were all
1: just black belt black belt mills. No, I'm, yeah, right
0: in <laughs> strip malls. No, like you you'll see stuff of like back then they they like when they first came over. This was like in the late eighteen hundreds in like Britain. You know, they had like. Um, Uh, when Orientalism was really big, you know, the the idea of kind of the exoticism of the East. They'd talk about these, you know, strange fighting arts, and there was really this mystical element about it. You'd see them in, like, pulp novels. They'd talk about it, but it it wasn't, there wasn't widespread study. That really started around um, a little before and around uh, World War II, was when stuff really started to take off. That's when a lot of stuff started coming in through Hawaii prior to World War II. And then after World War II, you had soldiers and Marines, uh, Navy stationed in Japan, they'd learn some judo, some jujitsu, and they'd bring it back, some karate, and and then as they um throughout the 50s and sixties it really started to take off as like this, you know, crazy, crazy shit going on. And the movies started coming over too but I mean, old Kung Fu movies, I, I love them to death, but like, they're not, you know, you don't, they don't seem accessible. They seem real over the top wires and all this stuff, right? Yeah. Um, but then you see Bruce Lee, and this dude moves like lightning, and there's power in his movements, and he's got, you know, he's yoked out, six pack showing, you know, he's constantly shirtless. And like, even the Kung Fu stars back in the day, they would, they were fit, but not like Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee was an inspiration to Schwarzenegger, even. Like he, he was one of the first bodybuilders. The way he he honed his physique, you know, it was it was intense. Um and then he that influence brought martial arts way more attention than than anything else. It and was, more
1: than Koji Kimbo?
0: Oh, Kadri Kimbo never would have taken off like it did if it wasn't for Bruce Lee. I yeah. mean, and I say that for all martial arts, because because of him. The 80s were a decade of martial art movies. Some good, some bad.
1: Yeah, John Van, Van Damme.
0: Uh, Van Damme came up. Yeah, I mean, he his career was um, in large part due to Bruce Lee. Jackie Chan's career was in large part due to Bruce Lee. All these guys really were Bruce Lee inspired them all. As far as the mixed martial art part, that really, because of this Maybe, huge yeah. interest in martial arts.
1: Maybe there was less, Um, how do I say it? um prejudice against people being eclectic from my understanding of the history of of martial arts competitions it seemed that back then people were like oh my style is better versus your style is better and then well that's that's what right? i was
0: saying earlier like styles were super important back then and so he really knocked a lot of that down that's why people would get so furious about his taking from styles the styles the styles because it was so unorthodox and it uh, it, it shit on the ultra traditional aspect of it the lineage, right? And so a lot of people pushed back on it. But he, he gave the middle finger and <laughs> and that, that really inspired people to do the same. And the Gracies themselves, you know, the Gracies had won this
1: um, tournament.
0: I forgot what year it was, but... Well, they made the tournament. Yeah. They so old, old school and UFC they were And
1: they were eclectics too. I mean, they, were, oh, yeah. they, they took Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I mean, from Japanese jiu-jitsu, mm-hmm. but they transformed it. It's still jiu-jitsu, right? Yep. But it's a new spin on on an old favorite, kind of like what we're trying to do with, I guess, kinesism, right? With the watchdogs, right? The tech, maybe we can take kinesism and make it into this new thing.
2: It applies pretty much directly to that.
1: Yeah, it's just uh, it's like the it's still it's like a formless form, like it still is, it still is um, jujitsu, but it's been interpreted in a different way and it's done well. And it's an it's an it has there's its roots from the very far back, but it's still jujitsu. But it's just a very, it's a different as part of uh, I guess, uh, yeah, like a, a new spin, like I said, mm. pretty much. Yeah. I'm thinking maybe we could even do that. I've, I think I'd be passionate about something like that. Oh, I don't, even, I don't know, you don't like that word, but I'm gonna throw I it out. I have
2: nothing wrong. <laughs> it wasn't who hurt you. I wasn't trashing <laughs> who <hurt>? passion. <laughs> who hurt you? <laughs> I think passion's good. <laughs> I think you should still always follow what you're naturally good at.
1: Peace, my friend. So, um. <laughs> Also, um, I'm curious what, apparently Bruce Lee was, uh, I know we talked about this already, but Bruce Lee was a doctorate in philosophy?
0: No, oh. just a bachelor degree. So oh, We're all shitting degree. on him. No, oh, just a bachelor.
1: just <laughs> the BA for years. But I know. Yeah, I
0: mean, he wasn't a PhD.
1: But he was, yeah, he was definitely super interested in philosophy. So I think that aspect also helped him maybe with, like, it's crazy how the, there's an intersectionality where it's, yeah. oh, I don't like that word, <laughs> but either. But how do I say? There's a a synthesis. Is that better? Right? Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. We'll go with that. There's a synthesis of uh, different aspects of his life, kind of converging. Mm-hmm. To, you know what I mean? So he has his personal beliefs and uh, upbringing. Also, I think the fact that maybe his oh. Should we just um kind of finish it here? Yeah, it's just his upbringing, and there's the synthesis between you know. Where he was born, you know, he's born in San Francisco in a very turbulent time, probably toughened him up, and the philosophy aspect helped him.
0: Well, living in Hong Kong definitely, yeah, that, yeah. I, I mean, this is what you see with a lot of instances: is that you know, it, it's all about. In in Buddhism, they talk about um, uh, right time, right place, which is just basically you know the things happen randomly a lot of times, and and when things line up in a certain way, then you know. The outcome of it is is amazing. And so with the great figures in history, it really is just this particular person raised this particular way at this particular time in this particular place, caused or, you know, was was experienced these events. And because of that, we have these, you know, legendary figures throughout history. It just kind of worked out that way. All right. So... Mac,
1: you gotta go, right?
0: Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta pick someone up from the airport. All right.
1: What What do you want to end? What kind of
0: quote you want to end this with? Um, I don't know. Give Give me a category. I'll
1: end it. I don't know. Maybe something to do with Taoism.
0: Taoism. Oh man. Yeah, some kind of quote from Taoism since. Um, or related to it, right? Okay. <clears throat> you guys know about Zhuangzi and the fish. No, I don't know about Trungza and the fish. Okay, story Thuang-Zha. of Trungza and the fish. Chuangzi, he was a uh, student of uh, Lao Tzu, one of the early Taoists. His books great. He's got a he, he's a bit more witty and a bit more funny than um, than Lao Tzu was. But so is walking with his buddy, uh, and they they're crossing a bridge, and Trungza looks down into the water, and he sees the fish, and he says, "Oh man, to live life as a fish." just free and easy just eating food nice it's so wonderful to be a fish and the friend who's always kind of hating on chuangza because he's super wise he's like thinks he's got him he's like chuangza how do you know what it's like to live life as a fish you're not a fish how can you know about this mm-hmm. and then chuangza looks at him and he says that's true but you're chuangza or he said you are not Chuangzi. So how can you know if Chuangzi knows what it's like to be a fish or not? <laughs> the, friend, the friend felt a little red in the face after that. <laughs> Got him. Got
1: him. All right, uh, Mac, Mac, thank you so much for coming on.